Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson. Today, I am interviewing Phil Scheimer, who is the lead pastor at Veritas Community Church West Congregation. And Phil is pastoring a congregation that is in the middle of the west side of Columbus, where um, the refuge ministry is located and has you know, houses, recovery houses throughout the neighborhood of the Hilltop and Franklinton. And the goal there is really to to be renewed, transformed, recovering folks in the communities that are struggling to be a light for the gospel. And so Phil and I are chatting about how we interact with the church and how um, recovery ministry and local church partnership looks and so I was encouraged by the conversation, and I hope you are too. So I hope you enjoy. So, Pastor Phil, we talk a lot about the church uh, at the refuge. We talk a lot about the church, obviously, at Veritas. Veritas is a church. You're a pastor. When, when some of us think about church, we come into it with a lot of loaded, preconceived ideas of what it is, maybe because we grew up around the church. Some of us probably have some loaded ideas about what it is because we didn't grow up around the church. And so I'm just curious, uh, what, do you, what is the significance and the importance uh, of the church and why, uh, what, why do you think it matters? Yeah, it is um, for me, you know, thinking about my life. I grew up in the church. Literally, I was born, and I, I'm sure the next week, next Sunday, my parents had me in the nursery at church. So, uh, my story involves uh, growing up surrounded by it my whole life. So, really, um, I actually I can't imagine a life uh, without the the church being a part of, involved with. Um, cared for and loved by the church because I never have experienced that. Uh, that's just not my story by the grace of God. Um, and it's my parents' faithfulness to him. Uh, that, that's where I was raised. And so um, I, you know, it, it's hard for me to imagine my life without, without the church. And so um, to me, it has always been a, a safe place a place of care uh, it is significant because it has always been a community for me to be known in. Uh, it's been uh, a place for me to have great purpose and mission. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always just been part of my life. And so it, it's really hard to imagine life without it, but it's significant. Uh, Man, because it it is where I I came into uh, I understanding and knowledge of who Jesus is. Um, you know, it wasn't you know on the playground at school. It wasn't at the workplace. It was in the church uh, with people. And that's really what the church is: is people. And so, um, man, it, it's significant because it it is an invitation uh, to be in a relationship. Our faith is an invitation to be in a relationship with God. Um, but God being spirit is, you know, as, as humans, you know, we are physical and we live in this physical reality. And so uh, the people of God embody 
um, God's character and who he is to us so we can imagine uh, him and, and experiencing him in reality <laughs> through his people. And so that's, I think, another big part of why it's so significant. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I think especially for somebody who grew up around church, like it's, it's just a part of life. It's a part of your routine. It's a part of, there's a safety in it. I think for some that haven't grown up around the church and are coming in, the culture can be pretty shocking. Um, a group of people that believe strongly about a certain worldview a certain way of living. And there's, there's rules around it. There's, there's just a certain way to view the world. And so I'm curious, like, how, how would you, how would you explain the church to somebody who's not, who didn't grow up around the church like you did? Yeah. Uh, man, it, I was thinking about this on su- that actually on Sunday because, you know, the church does this thing called baptisms. And I was just thinking, how weird is that? <laughs> if you didn't grow up in the church and, yeah, it's very you, weird. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you're, you're sitting in this space, this space for the first time and we're just like throwing people underwater. It's like, mm-hmm. that's odd. That's an odd thing to do. Or even um, singing, like coming together and lifting up our voices is an you know, we, we go to concerts to, to be entertained in that, but we rarely is in, in society do we sit together and sing with other people. So there's just some oddities that, that we do <laughs> in our tradition that, that can seem odd. And so it's like, man, what, if somebody was coming in for the first time, how would they be experiencing it? What questions would they have? And so that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, people um, are taking baths publicly. <laughs> like, it's, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I would, I would just say, uh, you know, for, for somebody coming in who's never experienced those things or the church, um, I've had friends who've been in their 30s, 40s, who have never stepped foot uh, in a church congregation. It's just like, you know, this is a place to belong. This is a family, really, to belong to. And uh, that's our desire is to be, you know, regardless of what your family experience was like growing up, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, it's this is a, a community of people who want to uh, come alongside you and, and give you a, a, a taste and a better understanding of what it means to belong to a family. And so uh, there's a lot there that, you know, we're going to be digging into at church even, but um, really it's being known and cared for uh, and loved um, and, and helped supported, um, you know, into uh, a life following God. And so it's, it's not just a family where, you know, you belong and um, you're loved and cared for, but there's, there's a deeper purpose as a family of God. And so there's, we want you to, the uh, purpose of our family to ultimately point you to our father who's, who's God and what life in his family is like, and not just our um, worldly perspective, understanding of what family is. Sure. When you say family of God, um, what, what do you mean? So, I mean, in scripture, we see all over, uh, God is our heavenly father. We see, um, this language that he is like, not just like our father, but he is truly our father who, who created us, um, every human, and, and loves us and cares for us um, and invites us 
through his son, Jesus, uh, into his family. And so by faith in Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, we are invited in to belong, to be adopted um, into his family. Um, and so it's this community of people that he is, you know, it's, it's really a, a metaphor, um, but it also is, is very real experientially that we are uh, a people that we belong to one another and serve one another and help each other through life. Um, you know, like any family, we develop rhythms of life, traditions, you know, traditions of celebration, uh, and tr- traditions of rest and, and, and service, you know, and these are all ways that we embody uh, the family of God uh, here on earth. So. Yeah. So there's a relational, just in, just in terms of, uh, God, you know, God wanting to know his people, obviously the church being a place where the people are striving to know who God is. And like you said earlier, um, the church's relationship with God, but relationship with people. So not only the people trying to know a relationship with God looks like, but also what relationship with each other looks like, which can be messy and tricky. Um, especially cause we're coming from a lot of different a lot of different places, um, but you me- you mentioned community, and that's kind of what community tends to look like—a conglomeration, you know, conglomerate of people that you know share beliefs, but also have differing differing beliefs. Yes. And so, I guess another question might be: how, how does that look in practice, and how how is it that um, that we live out this well? Because obviously you know, Christians believe very specific things. And so how do we, how do we live in community and how do we live in unity um, while also leaving space for people that have, have differing sets of, of ideas about, you know, or are on a different part of their journey with God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, I mean, we've been working through Ephesians and there's a lot of just beauty in kind of laying out some of this, but, um, you know, just this realization that we are, in fact, one in Christ. And so our unity is based um, not on, you know, us individually, but on what we share in Christ Jesus and, and who he is. Um, and, and so that, that one truth about who Jesus is and our faith in him um, is really the one piece that, you know, no matter what we, the differences that we may have, um, and even the diversity of, of gifts and our personalities, you know, we, we have a unity that can't be broken because of our faith in Christ. And so, um, you know, I think it's, it's always important to remi- be reminded of that truth because um, we can, yeah, we can start to, I don't know, look for unity in other things and, um, but, but he is the one thing that keeps us unified. And, and that's a, that's a, a, a fact, that's a truth that doesn't change. And so, um, but when we start living, you know, in life together and um, have differing opinions, I think one thing, I think one helpful thing here is just um, developing a posture of um, appreciation or gratitude for one another in that, uh, you know, we, we get this image of the body of Christ and recognizing how, beautiful it is that we do have different 
members, people of different personalities and skills and gifts, um, and even um, different opinions. <laughs> it's, you know, we, we, we recognize that we are one in Christ, but we are different in our, as, as members, and, and each part functions to build up the rest of the church in a healthy way. And so developing a posture of and gratitude, appreciation for the other members and recognizing, yeah, I am not good at being a hand. You know, I, I'm, you know, a, a foot, you know, but I am grateful for the hand uh, who serves me in a way that I just, I can't, I don't know. That's not my personality. That's not my gifting. And so I am blessed by that. Um, and, and that's not just our spiritual gifts, but that's, you know, I, I've been so encouraged and challenged by even just different opinions and just recognizing, hey, I may not agree with somebody. Um, but there's always something to learn and grow uh, and be challenged by other people's opinions. And, um, and so I can just be grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I like the metaphor of the body, you know, um, at the refuge, we use the Enneagram as a tool. And one of the things I like about the Enneagram, probably my favorite part about it, you know, uh, is just my, at least my experience of it at first was I realized using that tool, right, is that I was assuming that everybody should be like me and everybody should think like me and act like me. And using a tool like the Enneagram um, helped me realize that like there's, there's different people, um, which sounds so simple and basic, but it's amazing how I was living my life, like judging people. And, uh, based on the fact that like, if you don't see it the way I see it, you're, you know, I'm just kind of writing you off and it's opened up this category that like, yeah, there's going to be differences and they can be celebrated rather than trying to argue what I believe. It's like, why can't I learn from others and believe what I believe and some things I can take. Like you said, just kind of, kind of what I was hearing you say was just, there's things I can, I can, you know, agree with people on. There's things that I can disagree with people on, but we could still, still be in the same community. Um, I think that's a challenging reality though, in the world that we live in um, where there's so much fighting and there's so much tribalism. And what I mean by tribalism is like, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't agree with everything in my camp, then I'm going to just write you off. There's not a real celebration of difference. And I wonder if the church can, can be, can be that, you know? Um, yeah. And then and I want, yeah. I wonder if you have any additional thoughts on that. Yeah. I was just going to add that, you know, that, that can be the danger of using this family language is that, you know, we, we become insular and in that we're, we're focused on ourselves and, and only caring for ourselves or only, you know, you, using our family language as a, a positioning in, in our society where it's like, hey, we have something y'all don't. And, uh, and, and we, we maybe subconsciously even think we are better than everybody else because we have this, um, this family that we're part of, this, this truth that we where um, It really, you know, and, and that's why we're trying to, trying to use this language this year, building a healthy family, because when a healthy family, uh, even taking the church out of it, when you are a healthy family unit and you are um, 
individually healthy and all individually, um, you know, supporting, being served and serving in the family, being cared for and caring for the family. When a healthy family unit is functioning, it is a blessing to the world around it. It is, it is not one that is inward focused. It becomes outward focused and, um, and, and purpose driven. And so we, at the church, you know, we were evaluating, okay, how can we continue to be a healthy family? And part of that is we want to look around the world and say, okay, how are we uniquely gifted to serve the community in which God has placed us? And so it's not just about ensuring our health, but as we grow as a healthy church, we become externally focused and mission driven where, hey, God has put us here. Now we understand who we are uh, in our health and our best health, and we can go move forward and know, okay, how has God uniquely equipped us to meet needs in our community and our neighborhood? And um, that's, it's really exciting <laughs> to be a part of that actually. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, that's, that's really good. I want to take a little bit of a turn. So a lot of people listening are going to be folks in the refuge and you many, you know, many of us around the refuge, what we realize, or even those that are in what we might call addiction or any sort of substance use problem or, or just what, what, what's often a marker of that community is the, is this tendency towards isolation. Um, not necessarily everyone, but that's a, that's a large marker of that community. And I think that, I think that when you, you know, many, many of us, many folks around the refuge have experienced family in a, in a dysfunctional way. Like we're all dysfunctional to some degree, but obviously you're painting this picture of it being beautiful and good. But I think for many, many folks, the reality is I'm isolated. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm that family of origin that I had wasn't a model of, of God's heavenly kingdom. It was a model of chaos, you know, and, and, and I'm struggling to trust myself and I'm struggling to trust others. And so I only really feel safe maybe by myself in isolation. And that that's often what can take, you know, as people come through recovery and they're healthy and um, then they go out and they launch, especially using the refuge context, what often happens is guys find themselves in isolation, whether that's just not, not doing the groups that they used to do or not engaging in the relationships that they used to. And they might be still working a job, but now they're just going home at night and they're alone. And often that's, I mean, frankly, that's like a recipe for a relapse and just for all kinds of, of unwanted thoughts and feelings and behaviors and, and so on. And so I wonder what kind of encouragement and challenge you would give to that specific community as it relates to the church and as it relates to just community and relationship in general. Yeah. So my encouragement would be to think back over the last, um, you know, for the guys who are currently in the program, think back, you know, over the last 12, 13 months of your life, when you were, when you were isolated or when you felt lonely and you felt like you were at your end and uh, that maybe nobody loved you, nobody, you know, wanted a relationship with you. Uh, you just felt very alone in life. 
in that moment. Think about, you know, where you're at today and what God has done to bring you into a community of, um, you know, relational recovery, uh, where you are surrounded by people who love you. And maybe you're not sure you, you, maybe you're still new and you're like, do they really, it may still seem (laughs) kind of like, uh, man, this is, this may seem too good to be true. Um, but as you walk this journey out, you will see it is genuine and that these people actually do want to share life and, and help you through this. And so you're not alone. Um, and so the church, you know, really is in the extension of that where it's like, man, um, oh, dare to believe that this is possible. You know, what was felt impossible 13 months, two years ago to where you're at today probably felt like an impossible situation, impossible move. And, and God has you here. He has you surrounded by people. And it may seem impossible that, um, you know, when you're completely you're done with this program, you're done with this ministry, that there's another community who actually wants to know you, who actually wants to be a part of your life and care and love for you. Uh, I dare you to believe that that is possible and that the church does. Now, the church isn't going to do it perfectly, right? We're, you know, like, like our families growing up, um, there will be pain and there will be, you know, you know, dysfunction <laughs> to use that language that you just used, but, um, but there really is a genuine desire for people to have a community to belong to. And we are not going to point you to our, you know, goodness, you know, our success at being a good family. We're going to continue to point you to Jesus uh, and the love of the father. And so, um, man, I would just say, and just dare to believe it's possible and step into it. It's, it is risky. Uh, it is, it can be hard, um, man, but just even just look at the last year of your life and God's grace in your life to bring you into community and just know that's his, that's what he created you for to be in community, to be in relationships. And so he's provided this, uh, family, uh, that, that grows now out of the refuge, you know, you're put into this, this new thing. Uh, you always have those relationships with the men in the refuge, uh, but this is just more of that, uh, in new and deeper ways. And, um, the church deeply desires to, to know you and to be known by you. And so, you know, it, it goes both ways. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back with more soon. We'll see you then.